Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So, my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So, that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Stephen. Welcome to my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Well, today is March 12, 2023. Yeah, I know. It's been a while since I podcasted. Give me a break, all right? Give me a break. I know all of you folks want to hear my voice because it's that great. I kid. I kid. I know it's not that great, but I have an opinion that a few of you love to listen to, and I know my four fans out there in Iran, they're still listening to me. They're risking their lives trying to risk, listen to me. Thank you so much, by the way, if you're still listening to me. I joke, I kid, you know, don't take me too serious. I'm not really that big-headed. I do have a big head, though. I must admit that. <laughs> anyway, how was your weekend? Well, the weekend here in Hawaii still hasn't come to a stop yet. Um, it is Sunday right now. It's Sunday, 1.40 a.m. in the morning. Here I'm talking to you folks. You know what? If I had a life, I would be out there Saturday night parting it up. I'm not too old yet. I'm 45 years old, right? You know, I'm 45, going on to 46 this month. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which day it is because I don't want you to research exactly who I am. I want still to be a little bit secret for you. know, I have some listeners who know exactly who I am, but let's let's leave it all to a, let's leave it to a huge mystery, all right? But I do turn 46 later on this month, and boy. Did those years really pass by? You know, when you're in your 20s, you don't think life is really passing you by too quick. <laughs> when you're in your 40s, you know, those, the, the days, you know, they go by a lot faster. They, they seem to go by a lot faster. I'm not sure if it's because we're so busy right now or, be, or maybe I've heard something happened in the world where the world is just spinning a lot faster. <laughs> Do I believe that? No, of course not. All right. Okay. So anyway. I don't, I don't think I've podcasted for about a week or two. Uh, what have, what have I been up to? I've been, um, busy, doing, busy in post-production, doing a lot of wedding post-production stuff. I got a lot of wedding photos, a lot of wedding videos to edit, and I've been doing a lot of weddings. And, uh, just this weekend, um, we cooked, we cooked a, a brisket. I, I would say we because Pitmaster Keith and Pitmaster Ron, I don't talk a lot about Pitmaster Ron, but Pitmaster Ron is a new addition to my barbecue company. He's a nice close friend of mine, really, really cool guy. I trust him, and I've been training him on how to become a Pitmaster. And because he has some cooking background, uh, he's actually picking up on it very, very, very quickly. And uh, these two gentlemen, Pitmaster Keith and Pitmaster Ron, along with myself and my mom and my father, I think we were, when we open up this barbecue company, which is going to be later on this year, uh, we're going to really have a really good go at it. I'm very, very, very confident. And um, and why am I so confident in it? Because my brisket that I make, my barbecue that I make, it is top notch. Now, of course, you know, everyone says their barbecue is really great. And I'm sure, you know, you've been, to, you've had great barbecue in your life. But I, but I tell you what. 
everyone who I've, who I've made my barbecue for, um, they've come back and they've told me, they said, seriously, Steve, we've been all over the whole nation. Uh, we haven't tasted better barbecue than yours. And, uh, and that was one thing, <laughs> reason why I started to make my own barbecue, because I, I couldn't find good barbecue out there. And let me be, let me be very, very, very honest, okay? I mean, I'm always honest with you folks, right? I just, that's just a, that's just a transition, okay? When I say, let me be honest. Okay. I've been to Memphis, yeah, I, I, Tennessee, Memphis. Uh, I went there, I went to Rendezvous. These are like the original OGs of like ribs, you know, the guys who commercialized rib making. It was horrible. Uh, went to their other big place, it was called Central Barbecue. That wasn't that great. I went all over Texas. I, I went to all these really big names and they won awards. In fact, well, back in Texas, back in Memphis, I went on Beale Street. I went to some of these barbecue places and they had trophies and trophies inside of their, inside of their windows. I had their barbecue and it was, it wasn't good at all. In fact, I, the best place where I had barbecue over there in Memphis was a place called Neely's and it was at the airport. It was their satellite, it was their satellite, um, I guess restaurant. It wasn't their real smokehouse. Uh, but we were there getting on the plane, getting ready to head back to California that time. And this is pre-COVID, right? And, uh, you know, I was with my mom and my dad. I say, hey, why don't we try out this barbecue place? We've been eating every single barbecue place, you know, over there in Memphis, trying to find good barbecue. And, uh, you know, we ate it and we just said, this is really, really good. Um, yet it still wasn't, it's, it's still not as good as mine. Now, I wasn't thinking at that time to open up a barbecue business, but it, it's really, you know, it's really disappointing when you, when you head over to like one of the barbecue capitals, right? And you can't find good barbecue. And the other place where I've been, I've been to Texas. Yeah, I do. I, I, I fly between California. I haven't tasted good barbecue at all in California. Um, but over there in Texas, the only place really good that I went to uh, was um, was actually Franklin's. Uh, Pecan Lodge didn't really wasn't too impressed with it. Uh, there's Three Woods. There's all these other places we went down there, um, but it just really, really, really didn't impress me. The only place 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 that really, really impressed me was actually Franklin's. And I remember when I went down there. Now I watched his videos all on YouTube. And again, I wasn't into you know cooking brisket or anything like that. I was just starting to. I just bought an offset smoker from Eagle Hardware, and um, started cooking you know on, on a on, on an offset, a standard offset where you where you um, just burn wood. And uh, even then, just using salt and pepper, my brisket came pretty close to Franklin's. And I when I ate Franklin's um, barbecue, I said, you know, there's an, he says. He cooks only on salt and pepper. And uh, there's some other things that he puts in there. And I, I think I figured it out. And I made my own recipe. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, my, my, own, my own rub, uh, I think it outdoes Franklin barbecue. I just really think it does. Um, now, when I cook on the big, the big smoker, we'll see if I can still maintain the quality that I, that I um, create in my Oklahoma Joe's. That's my little small offset. Uh, but we will see. We will really, really see. And everyone started, you know, they're really good pitmasters. They were, they trained themselves and they, they learned, they, they, they kept perfecting their craft and they're always thinking out of the box. And there's so many other barbecuers out there. Who, I, I believe there's great barbecue out there that I just haven't tasted. But, but I can tell you what, yeah, I, I just been all over my, my own, my own friends. They're from, they're from the mainland and they, they keep going, <laughs> keep going to the mainland for work and they come back and said, Steve, I, I still haven't found better brisket or, or better ribs or better better anything than better pulled pork than what you've actually served me, and that's a really really big compliment. I'm just tuning my own heart here, right? 
But you know, the biggest compliment I ever had for my barbecue, and uh, I know I'm talking here, I'm just going off on a tangent, because this is not really what I, what I want my podcast to be about today. I'll, I want to talk about politics and the banks, yeah, and that, that bank going out of business. Um, but we're going to stick on barbecue right now. Um, I remember uh, one of my wedding couples had catered, uh, I guess they're, they had a, I didn't, I didn't cater the reception for, for them, but they had a little get together right before they, they all went back home and they said, Steve, can you, you actually cater this for us and can you supply the barbecue? So I made some ribs and I made some pulled pork and, uh, they just loved it. Now I met up with them maybe about two years later. I met, I met up with them and then, uh, I had some dinner with them right before I jetted off to the mainland. And one of the gals there who, who were, was at the barbecue we had about two years before, um, they asked me, oh, um, so do you take photographs on your, on the side and then, and, uh, you know, is that what you do for like your hobby? And I told them, no, I'm actually a professional photographer. And, uh, they, they said, well, that was, ver- that was really surprising. They, they, they told me because they thought I was a professional chef because the food I made was just so good. It was the best barbecue they ever had. And they thought that's what I did for a living. And I did, I shot, I just shot photos on the side. <laughs> that was actually one of the best compliments I ever got when it came to my cooking. So it is, it is what it is, right, people? So, and one day, I guess one day for all of you who are listening, when you come down to Hawaii and I have my barbecue restaurant open, you guys can all, and I'm going to tell you what the name it is and where it is. And once it's all open, you can taste my cooking for yourself. And then you can actually make, uh, I guess, a judgment whether or not I know how to cook and whether or not the employees who I teach know how to cook because that's, that's the most important thing. By the way, if you're wondering if I have any, I guess, culinary experience from before, did I go to culinary school before? The, the answer is absolutely not. Uh, everything, I think almost every single skill that I've learned um, is self-taught. Well, almost every single skill. I mean, there were people who inspired me along the way, but the majority of, I guess the majority of your, I guess the, the learning experience is done by yourself on the side you know there's only there's only so much your teacher can actually teach you right it's kind of like high school or college or whatever way you you learn your professor you know can only bring you up so far it's really up to you to teach yourself so there was a guy who taught me photography in the very beginning but he wasn't like a hands-on type of guy steve do this steve do that you know i still had to learn a lot of it on my own but I was just around him. I asked questions and it was, he, he was just there. And the majority of, again, that, that a mentorship was me just asking questions, just being around him and, and just absorbing all of, all of the information he had by osmosis. Uh, when I was in California learning from other screenwriters, you know, no one really sat me down and taught me things, but they just, you know, let me in on little secrets here and there and, you know, taught me about the Enneagram and all those things. Just, you know, say, said, you know, it's really easier if you use the Enneagram to make characters. And I said, oh, okay, that's great. So I started to adopt that. And, and I re- it took that to a whole new level. Uh, it got, got better on the Enneagram than, than all of them. And, uh, you know, then abandoned the Enneagram for a long time because I wasn't screenwriting. And they got reintroduced it by my really good friend, Christy, and then started using it as a way to analyze Real people in real life. See, I was just using the Enneagram to, for writing, writing purposes, memorizing the, the, the types of characters out there, uh, very, very much on a very surface level basis. Never on this 
you know, type of internal self-help, you know, what's going on, you know, I guess introspective type of, type of, uh, I guess, tool that you could actually improve yourself, improve other people's lives on. And once I started to use the Enneagram for myself and other people, and I realized that, wow, this, this stuff is really, really powerful. So, but even then, a lot of that stuff I learned about the Enneagram, self-help was all self-taught. And uh, storytelling, screenwriting, all self-taught, you know, photography, self-taught. And when it comes to cooking, uh, you know, this is all self-taught. Oh, wedding planning, wedding planning, all self-taught, you know, trial and error. Hate to say, you know, you, you know, there's an error part in wedding planning, but you're always learning. Always, always learning. And I, I'm still learning about writing today, photography, uh, wedding planning. I'm still learning. Oh, things could actually always be better, right? And even the skills before bike, bicycling, right? You know, we're learning how to do uh, um, tricks. I taught myself all the tricks, you know, hung around other people who are better than me. And then I got pretty good, got sponsored, you know, again, 99% of it's all self-taught. So when you're out there, right, and you're, you're, you're experiencing life and you're, you're trying to get yourself, you're, you're trying to level up on your life and you're thinking, do I have to go back to school? And to be honest, I, I keep telling everyone, no, just teach yourself. And you can teach yourself all the skills that you need to get to that next level. Did you ever watch Junior Master Chef? Junior Master Chef. Now, Master Chef is a franchise. I think that a cooking franchise that uh, that Gordon Ramsay you know created. And what it does, it pits amateur chefs, uh, I guess, head to head against some professional chefs, right? But Junior, but Junior um, Master Chef are these kids who can actually create restaurant quality dishes and cook extremely well and i would say the majority of them have not even gone through puberty yet and who teaches them well their parents teach them and they're also self-taught uh youtube they get a lot of stuff off youtube and, and it's just amazing gordon ramsay's really they're all tough on them they're tough on these kids they're throwing their dishes on the floor they say this tastes like crap there's no flavor and they're making these kids cry but they're learning they're really, really learning. They're learning the tough love, what it takes, you know, like, like a judge to be judged fairly. You know, we're not going to say, Oh, this is great because you're a kid. We're not going to give you merit badges because, you know, you tried really hard. No, it has to be good. It has to be of this quality. And, you know, I admire Gordon Ramsay for that, for that thing. But, you know, again, they, these kids leveled up. Uh, they taught themselves. They are hard critics on themselves. And, you know, when these kids, you know, you're looking at the future chefs of America right now. And they will be, when they get into like their 18s or 20s, and they will be cooking, uh, there'll be an executive chef somewhere in their, in their 18s. They don't need to go to any school. They could teach the professor a thing or two. That, that's how great they are. Now, where are we today? Where is that level of talent? You know, these people are self-taught, have level, have spent their entire lives leveling up, and they just have, you know, skills coming out of their, coming out of the wazoo, right? Their ears, their mouth, everywhere. They're just like, whatever they touch, they, they can, they're kind of like a renaissance man, you know, they're, they know what, you know, they know what, how to do everything. They may not be the best, but they're very much aware, well aware how to do it. And, um, they're very honest with themselves. If they can do it, they can help themselves to it. You know, they, they can help you or they can, or they know enough to help you further or, or, or anything like that. Where are all these men in politics or in highly skilled positions that are, you know, right now that are running companies, running banks, running our government? Well, I can tell you one thing. Politicians, for the most part, they're skillless. 
What do they know how to do? What do politicians know how to do? They know how to get reelected. They know how to put on a nice smile. They know how to lie to you right in their face with a straight smile. And they know how to sleep at night after they told <laughs> the most evil lie to you, to deceive you. And that's what's happening right now in America. You know, <laughs> right now, politicians, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, they are trying to tell you one thing. And they're telling you, they're telling you not to trust what your eyes see, not to trust your, your internal instincts to naturally figure out, you know, you know, you know calculations. There's a gut feeling in all of us saying that says this doesn't sound right. You know, maybe, maybe there's, there's, there's something more to the story, right? And the politicians, they don't want you to, they, they don't want you to have that internal debate, that internal dialogue going on right now. Now, I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat, but right now, what we were told, why don't we just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick, quick run through. We were told that Donald Trump was a white supremacist. He's not. There's proof that he's not. He actually is not, Right. We, we were, we were told that cops are systemically racist because of George, what happened to George Floyd? Well, what happened to George Floyd wasn't, wasn't because of racism. And we see in Memphis, there are five black cops. Was it five or six? Five or six black cops, you know, <laughs> kill, murder this black kid. Right? And all of a sudden, the politicians are telling you that's racist because apparently these five black cops, when they beat up a black kid, that's apparently racist against blacks, even though they're black. And our own eyes say that doesn't make sense. And they start saying, well, they're part of a, a white systemic racism cop, you know, uh, I guess fraternity. Really? This is how far they're trying to stretch it, right? This is how far, far they're trying to do it. Now, <laughs> if you look far left and right in between our entire country, you know for a fact that everything is really expensive. You know that... You know, shops, they can't stay open that late because nobody wants to work. You know, you know restaurants have a hard time hiring people and they're, they can't have the hours they did before because, you know, people just, when they, when they came back from COVID, when, when, when everything opened up, you know, their employees decided to go get another skill, work somewhere else, or decided not to come back and work, to work at all because they're still getting some type of government benefits. Okay. So we can make the conclusion very confident conclusion that the economy is not doing great. Inflation is at an all-time high. The economy, the the GDP is at an all-time high because everything is starting. People have to spend more, but this economy is not growing larger. If companies can't hire more, and they're having problems meeting the bottom line, this economy is not doing that great. Yet Joe Biden is tells you out there that it's doing great. All of the professionals are saying that it's great. You know, what does the eye test tell you, right? You know, throw all this, throw all the statistics out. <laughs> In February, they said they had record job numbers, record, record job numbers. Yet all of these companies, these Silicon Valley companies, you know, are, are closing down. They're laying off people. And now we're seeing, you know, a bank, a Silicon Valley bank, Silicon Valley bank, which, you know, funded about either half or more. Of, start, of the startup capital for a lot of these uh, um, uh, dot-com companies, right? A lot of these internet companies out there. Well, they're, they're belly up in this great economy 
one of the largest banks out there, richest banks out there, one of the banks responsible for venture capital out there, they're, they're a belly up. People are going to lose millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, because their money was tied up in this bank and they can't get it out right now. A lot of the, a lot of my friends who work in Silicon Valley, some fact, some of my wedding couples who work in Silicon Valley had their money in there. They are panicking. You would not believe the dialogue that I, that is going on right now that is coming from some of my, my clients. It is scary. Yet we're told, oh, this is only an isolated incident. It's not going to happen elsewhere. <laughs> I don't think so. And now we find out, now we find out with the January 6th. And January 6th, we have now, with Tucker Carlson, we have video proof that the gov government lied to us. What were we told on January 6th? That this was an insurrection and these crazy right-wing white supremacists tried to overthrow the election because they want the country to just be this racist nation. They don't want, you know, they don't want equality for everyone. Oh, in fact, they don't want equity. That's the new, that's the new term for Democrats, equity. What is equity? Equity means equal outcome. It doesn't mean equality. Equality means equal opportunity. No. <laughs> they, 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 they could give a damn about equal opportunity. They care about equal outcome. So what does that mean? Hey, we're all poor. Hey, we're all middle class. That's socialism for you. That's what the Democrats out there are pushing. Hey, you know what? We want equal outcome for everyone. I don't care if, you know, you know a certain race you know, commits more of the crimes we have to start arresting some other people, some other minorities, or maybe some majorities or some other people just to even it up because we need five Asians to get arrested. We need five blacks. We need five Mexicans and five whites. Equal, equal outcome. Oh, we should promote all the, all these pilots. You know, we have to have five Asian pilots, five, five, you know, black pilots, five Mexican pilots, five white pilots because we want equity. We don't really care about the, which pilot is actually good enough. To get promoted to fly on that, to fly you uh, from point A to point B. And that's where all the, that's where this world is going. And if any of us try to practice some, some like intuition that, again, that we're self, that we naturally have it within, within us, right? Because we're always the natural being of ourselves is to learn more. You know, so, so many of us want to learn more every single day. We're trying to improve on ourselves, right? If it's not through YouTube videos or reading self-help books or like, you know, getting, getting more knowledge through, through our friends' Facebook posts or something like that. But we're always trying to gain this newer insight on how to live our life for the better. But the Democrats, the Republicans, they don't care. They want you to believe their story, the story that they're telling, and for you to think nothing else. Nothing else. Don't think out of this, don't think out of that box. Because if you do, you're a white supremacist, you're a racist, you know, you don't belong in this country, you don't belong, you know, you don't believe in democracy. So everything we're told about January 6th, you know, comes out with the videos to be, it's proven now. And if you haven't watched it, you should. It's all over YouTube that, these, these January 6th rioters were just that. They were rioters. They were um, not even that. A, a, lot, a lot of them were just tourists. They were being escorted in by the cops. The cops were waving them in. Um, were they setting the Capitol on fire? No. Did they have the opportunity? I would say probably yes. Were they as bad, in, bad as an Antifa or Black Lives Matter protest? No. You know, Black Lives Matter. 
came into your neighborhood, you would fear for your life, especially if you're a white person. Especially if they said, if they said that they, you are racist for some reason. You would fear for your life if Black Lives Matter came into your neighborhood. And especially if they came there with their parallel group, Antifa, into your town, then all of a sudden, the business that you opened up, you know, is going to be burned to the ground. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter if you're a minority owned or anything like that. They're going to burn it to the ground. Especially if some type of incident happened in your parking lot. They're going to burn it down because that's their solution. And then the media will tell you, well, this is just part of peaceful protest. This is just part of it. And that you can always rebuild and come back. I'm sorry. That's not how business works. When you shut down and open things back up again, it's never the same. My wedding company. My wedding company is not the same since, you know, the, the I guess it has been reopened. <laughs> I used to do about 15 to 20 weddings per month. I do maybe about two right now. I know a lot of companies right now who are doing about two or three right now. Before COVID, 15, 20. No, not a problem. Why aren't people getting married? Well, there, there are some companies that, you know, are doing better than mine. And right now, the momentum has just changed. There's a lot, you know, when it comes to opening a business, it's all about momentum. You, you have to maintain that momentum. Once you start selling your, your popular, it's really good to maintain that momentum, keep it going forward. You know, a lot of people don't, don't talk about that, but momentum is part of the business game. When you lose it, when you lose momentum, it's hard to get it back. But when you have it, you just got to keep hitting, keep going, going, put your nose down on the ground and just keep going. So if you're like doing really good at your job, just keep going, 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 going. Because if you stop, if you take a break, even if you're talented, you try to come back and say, hey, I'm going to take a year off, right? And you could, you come back a year later, even though you have the same skill, it's hard to get back to where you were. It's really, really, really hard. And sometimes it's better just to, you know, you know, to take on a new profession. And that's what happened during COVID. A lot of people just took on new profe uh, new professions altogether. And because, and some of them who, you know, who went back into their, their old jobs, they never got their momentum back. And all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> they just said, well, I'm going to try something else. And that's one of the things why I'm uh, starting up the barbecue company. My, I, I can feel the momentum in the barbecue company more than Dream Weddings Hawaii. I really can. Uh, there's, there's more people out there in this world who want good barbecue, especially here in Hawaii. We don't have good barbecue in, here in Hawaii. Um, you know, it, it, this is, it, it's just one of those, those things. And I know people who love good barbecue throughout the entire United States would love to try really, really good barbecue smoked on Keawe wood. Smoked with Kiave wood. Kiave is our own local mesquite. It is part of the mesquite tree uh, family, but it's different because in uh, you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really recommend smoking with mesquite, uh, but you can really smoke with Kiave. And when you when you do, the meat comes out with this beautiful, sweet, salty taste. Now, well, I. Uh, it's really good to grill with too, and I'm trying to think in my mind: Will I ever grill grill a steak commercially uh, uh, for people? I'm not sure. Maybe I think when we go brick and mortar, then we'll we'll, we'll start grilling steaks. The reason for that is that um, when you have food trailers, it's all about speed. It's all it's all about fast food, and I want you know our customers to get their food. They have they have a short. We're hitting 
I think our, our target market would be construction workers in the very, very beginning. So we want them to like, we want our briskets, our, our pulled pork, our, our ribs to be prepped and pre-made. And they can just come in there, pay their $15 for their plate and just go faster than McDonald's. Everything's pre-made. Take your food, get it. It'll be hot, warm. And your one hour break, you, can, you, can, you don't have to spend it waiting in line for, for food. That's what's a great thing. That would be the, that's, that would be one of the major selling points to, um, I guess, to, to, our, to our barbecue trailer when it finally opens. Not just good food, but fast food. Really, really good fast food. But going back to this whole January 6th thing, we were told, we were told that Officer Sitnik, you know, first of all, died from a fire extinguisher hitting his head. And apparently that didn't happen. That was a lie. And they were withholding his autopsy information, right? And they would never say how he died. Instead, they just put his body body into the rotunda. Uh, they had uh, the NFL, you know, honor honor his family at halftime events. And then finally, uh, this is before Tucker released his video. The autopsy came out. The autopsy revealed that Officer Sitnik died of natural causes. He had a stroke right after the riot. Now, the new narrative that came out during the January 6th hearing was that five officers died. Five officers died from the result of the January 6th insurrection. And there's no proof of that whatsoever. The four other officers died of suicide. Now, unfortunately, suicide is very often a very, very common in, in a, I guess, with the police. Unfortunately, it is. And did their suicide have anything to do with, I guess, what happened on January 6th? We don't know. Did they have some other problems? We don't know. They won't release that information. But they're just saying automatically it's because of what happened on January 6th. That's the reason why they committed suicide. They won't even release the names of these other officers. And the officer Sitnik, <laughs> they're saying he died from bear spray. Uh, which triggered his strokes. Now, never in, never, 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 ever has anyone died from bear spray, right? From getting mildly sprayed with bear spray and, uh, and, and, and saying that that caused a stroke. In this video that Tucker Carlson showed, after he was sprayed with some bear spray, <laughs> he was out there in the Capitol Rotunda, uh, I guess, uh, telling, telling other, insurrectionists to move this way and he wasn't arresting them at all <laughs> he was just walking around he had a helmet on and he, and he was just he looked healthy so how can you say you know he died from the bear spray that he more than likely i want to know his vaccination status i really do did he get any strokes that were actually um, because he was uh, fully vaccinated i want to know that <laughs> they're not saying whether or not he was vac vaccinated or not, but I'm thinking because he worked for the Capitol Police, he had to get his shots. And he could have been one of those unlucky people who had an adverse reaction to those shots. <laughs> if you're wondering, by the way, if I got vaccinated, yes, I did. I got the first two shots, but I never got any booster. I am regretting that I got the two shots. I don't think it was very uh, helpful at all. Uh, did, they have, did I have any adverse reaction to them? Absolutely not. But I do know people who have been vaccine injured. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll have, um, I guess, I guess uh, maybe I'll have some of those people on my podcast and we can talk about that. Um, because I don't, have to, I don't have to go very far to find people who took the vaccine, who took the booster, 
<laughs> who got vaccine injured. I really don't. And that's the scary part about it. But here we are again. You know, the we're told one thing, uh, and then we're told not to believe what our own eyes. And we're told by the media that whatever we, whatever Tucker Carlson released, was shown out of context. With and then they, they'll say this without providing the real context, and they'll, they'll just say the it, what happened on January sixth was violent. And then the video out there that shows out there doesn't show any violence. Where's all the violence? Like where where's all the violence? Right? And there is none. And they're saying, oh, it's out of context. Okay, well, provide the damn context. Provide the context. Why is it through all these videos out there, it looks pretty damn peaceful? I don't see anyone, you know, destroying, destroying stuff. The, the QAnon shaman, that guy with the horns, we were told, <laughs> this is the funniest thing, one of the security, one of the police officers, the, the Capitol Police officers, he was interviewed um, for a HBO Max special. I remember seeing this. And <laughs> he's out there saying that this the QAnon shaman, he just surprised him. All of a sudden, he was walking in, he was wa- walking in, the, in, the, in the, the, rep- the, the rotunda, not the rotunda, the, 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 rep- the House of Representatives, the, 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 the representative chambers, the House chambers. That, that's, that's the name, the House chambers. And, and the, the QAnon shaman appeared behind of him, and he was just suddenly surprised. And there was more, I guess, more insurrectionists than him. And he just, the reason why he didn't arrest him right then and there was that he didn't want to cause a scene. So he asked him to politely come down from the, uh, from, from where uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, I guess her, her, her judiciary seat was, or not judiciary seat, but her, 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 her speaker of the house seat was right on the very, very top of the house chambers. Sorry, wrong wording there. It's 2 13 a.m. in the morning, right? Well, that story that, that redhead bearded uh, police officer told is 100% false. Tucker Carlson released that video and it shows this redheaded bearded guy <laughs> giving him a tour of the Capitol Rotunda, op- trying to open doors to the house chambers, uh, I guess, area, finding them, some of them locked and saying, hey, why don't you go to this way? And then like a gentleman opening up the, the door so the QAnon shaman could enter the house chambers. He didn't get surprised at all. So he's caught in a bold-faced lie on an HBO Max interview. <sighs> what are we told? Again, we're told that video is out of context. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, I was watching Tucker the other night. And uh, they had uh, the QAnon shaman's new lawyer, uh, I guess, uh, out there. And um, they're, they're, they're wondering whether or not, uh, I guess Tucker was wondering now that the new video is out there, are there grounds to actually appeal his conviction? Well, apparently, uh, the QAnon shaman, sh- shaman or whatever, whatever you want to call him, uh, I guess he accepted a plea deal that his lawyer had put forth together that excluded him the opportunity to appeal his verdict. And, or to, 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 so anyway, so he, right now, uh, just through a way of a pro- uh, process, he can't appeal his, uh, I guess, his sentence. Not at all. 
they're going to have to find some creative way to to figure out how to get this guy a second trial because what you have right now is just a travesty of law. In fact, in fact, what you have right now is almost criminal because the prosecutors knew for a fact the story that they were selling was 100% false. So they threw this guy in jail knowing that they were, they were jailing him for four years on false pretenses. How can they sleep at night? How can the Democrats sleep at night? How can anybody on the January 6th committee that is also made up of two Republicans, um, what is that, Adam? Oh, I forgot that guy. The guy who cries a lot. He's a Republican. I forgot his name. And, and uh, Liz Cheney. They saw this video. They cherry-picked the video and told their story out of context because in context, this QAnon shaman was not seen as a threat by the Capitol Police. He walked by nine Capitol Police officers who could have arrested him at any time, and they did nothing. They escorted him into the, the House chambers, and all of a sudden, he's charged with trespassing. I would think that if you get, you know, escorted in by someone of authority, all of a sudden it's okay. I, you know, I've been behind the velvet rope a lot of times without a VIP pass, without the right, the, the correct credentials. But I was told I could go there primarily because I was with the right person. I'm with that person. So when you're with, you're with that person of, with, of authority, whether it's a you know a security guard, a celebrity, or anything, you're free to go, right? Because that person says, I have authority to let you in. And that cop, you know, is saying, Come on into the house chambers. I'm not gonna arrest you. <laughs> Something's gotta happen. But again, what we're told, I'm gonna, we're gonna repeat myself, is to believe this false narrative. Trump is a racist, economy is doing well, Ukraine is a democracy, Joe Biden is healthy and fit, Kamala Harris is an outstanding you know, vice president. <laughs> you know, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. Well, I'm going to end this podcast right now because it is getting a little late. I do have to deliver my brisket and also attend that party later on today uh, at 5 p.m. here in Hawaii. And I should be getting a little shut eye, right? But I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, end it here with one more piece of advice. Now I'm sure you're not gonna have to listen to my advice. All of you folks out there are adults, but I just want to encourage you to think independently. Don't don't even follow what I say, right? I'm just one person. I'm just one. I I just have I'm one man with one opinion. I'm not trying to persuade you of anything, but if all I'm trying to do, if anything is to tell you to trust your own gut instinct. Because right now, we need more independent thinkers. We don't need more loyalists. Because if you're a blind loyalist who just wants to follow the trend, you want to change your Facebook status or, or your Facebook profile because that's what's the in thing to do. You, know, you want to care about the environment without really caring about the environment. 
right? You don't care what happened, what's happening to East Palestine, but you care about global warming because, or climate change, because that's what the, that's what the in people do. You want to, you know, you really want to change that paper straw to a, you know, that the plastic straw to a paper straw because you feel you're doing something so great about the environment when the truth is you're not doing anything, you know, but you don't really care what's going over on in East Palestine. The chemical spill, people are losing their hair, getting sick. All those things, and Joe Biden and them are just sweeping it all under the rug. They don't care. They really, really don't care. <laughs> you have to care. And the only way you can care about all of these things is just by thinking independently. You know, don't follow the trend either way. Left, right, center. Make your own mind up. That's all. All right, people. I am out of here. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I'll be around. Talk to you soon. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQTO Movies. Yeah, the T-O is not the number two, by the way. It is T-O, like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.